1: Welcome to the 42Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode where we're going to talk about the CW's Batwoman. But before we do that, just a little bit about my life right now and pop culture and all that. The most notable thing that Beth and I did recently is we watched the movie The Seven Samurai. Now, that's a movie that I've heard about over the years quite a bit. I knew that it influenced George Lucas. I knew that it was the basis, basically, for The Magnificent Seven, and because of that, Battle Beyond the Stars, but I never saw the movie itself, which is odd because I am a fan of Japanese culture, I'm big into anime, I love samurai films, so it just seemed odd that I had never seen it, but part of the problem was the length of the movie being over three and a half hours long, it meant that we had to have a fairly good amount of time blocked off, and even though I know that Beth and I have probably sat for three and a half hours plus watching TV at various times over the years, we usually don't set out to do that, we just end up watching more of shows, and the shows, because their shows get us to keep watching, because there's the cliffhanger ending, or we want to know what happens next, and all that kind of thing. But this past weekend, we did finally sit down, we blocked off the time, we watched Seven Samurai, and I was really amazed. For being a movie as old as it is, you know, even though I do appreciate older films, a lot of times I do feel that the pacing is a bit slow, or they're a little bit on the boring side, but that is such a well-done movie, it is so well-filmed and so well-acted, that it didn't feel like watching a a three-and-a-half-hour movie. I was not bored at any point in time watching the movie. I was very impressed by that. I was really impressed by the performances. I was very impressed by that ending, which was a lot darker than I thought that they were going to go for with that. So, yeah, overall, I was just really impressed with the movie, and I don't know, uh, hopefully I'll have time to watch some more Samurai movies because even though I've loved the ones that I've seen, I haven't seen all that many. It is kind of a gap in my movie you know watching experience. I've seen all the Lone Wolf and Cub movies, for instance, but I haven't seen a huge number beyond that, just just a couple. But anyway, that aside, and before we start talking about our topic, I did want to put in a little note here. We do mention in this episode that when we had recorded this one, we had already recorded the Flash episode. And the reason why I didn't release the Flash episode first, even though that was my original intention, is because Batwoman is coming back earlier. It's coming back at the end of January, whereas the Flash is coming back at the end of February. So I reversed the order that I was going to release these, because it's way more important I get Batwoman out, and then I can release the Flash episode next month and it will still be ahead of the actual release of the new season of The Flash, and so that's why it just works out that way. So yes, we will reference The Flash episode a couple of times, it's nothing too major, but no, you haven't missed anything, it is just that we are releasing them in the opposite order. But now that I've said all that, it's time for us to join the podcast already in progress. You know him as our Roman, who is always on the rocks, and that is my buddy James! How are you doing, James?
2: Doing pretty good. (laughs) (laughs)
1: nice shorts to the sweet to the point
2: very yeah, good
1: uh, yeah. so, so what are we drinking today james
2: <laughs> so uh today i'm drinking a uh local brew uh here in bellingham washington uh company's called Cultion. uh they make a blackberry apparel so it's a it's a strange kind of beer it's not really like a cider but it's also not like a traditional beer either but it tastes very like fruity um yeah it's not too bad i, I enjoy it
1: very nice very nice um so yeah, um one one thing I got to ask you uh was there any whiskey in the season of Batwoman?
2: You know, there was, but nothing with a label on it. It was in a decanter usually. Mm. So I was like, I can't I can't dig in like I did in Black Lightning. I can't <laughs> I can't try to hunt this down. <laughs> right.
1: yeah for people who didn't hear the black lightning podcast james actually got like these blow up screenshot didn't you say there was a website where they like actually track whiskey in various tv shows like they'll be like some whiskey popped up in this show and they'll like go with like a screenshot and give you all the details and everything
2: yeah yeah like they'll they'll let you know where you can find it if it's a legitimate whiskey (laughs) and all that kind of stuff it was really disappointing to find out like it wasn't i was like oh come on (laughs) I drink it. Uh, yeah,
1: no, that's cool. that's cool. I, I I like that you are a resident whiskey connoisseur.
2: You know, I just do what I can, man. There just, you go. Just trying to match up the uh, the booze to the shows and the games I play. That's
1: right. Yeah. Have you gone to GameStop yet and asked the guy like what pairs well with the game that you're picking up?
2: <laughs> no, but I should. That'd be uh, that'd be hilarious. Considering most of them are like twenty year olds who don't want to be there. <laughs> They'd rather light the building on fire. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What what whiskey would you recommend with this? <laughs> Oh man. let <laughs> it's good to have you back on the show, James. Good to be back on. All right. And next up, uh coming to us from a very, very dark place indeed. It is my nemesis, Ryan
3: Guthrie. How are you doing, Ryan? Uh you know <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm uh thriving in the new epicenter so i'm i'm hanging in there
1: (laughs) (laughs) yay texas so you thrive on other people's pain is what you're telling
3: me thrive is not quite the right word but you know i'm i'm enjoying there's a bit of uh schadenfreude and seeing everyone finally start wearing masks when i've been doing it for weeks now you know <laughs> I
1: mean, like, oh, oh so are they actually changing their behavior because
3: of this There, are yes i mean um okay, well okay. we've got uh local ordinances requiring it and supposedly they're going to be enforced um so i am seeing the beginnings of uh, people paying attention to this, so and
1: yeah, la- last week and obviously this isn't scientific because it was just me doing a count in my head. But I I counted about ten percent of the people in Walmart when I was at Wal- uh, Walmart last week were wearing masks you know, discounting employees, employees. I was looking at the employees, the employees were all wearing masks because I'm, I'm sure that that's something they've been told to do, but half of them had it below their nose. Or in a few cases, there were guys like stacking, you know, shelves and aisles and whatnot who had it completely pulled down like to their chin. And it's like, well, you're breathing on people's food <laughs>
3: oh, oh man yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well as of today we're back to ordering groceries online i'm not risking mm. going into a grocery store or anything uh as of today bars are closed again and uh restaurants are back to 50 percent occupancy which i still think is crazy but whatever you know? but I, I think what i think what for for houston what scared people finally is the fact that our hospitals are at capacity and we've got the yeah we've got the largest medical center in the world and and we're you know i think at 99.9 percent of uh being fully occupied the the children's hospital here is taking adults now because they've got nowhere else to put them so i was like oh yeah okay you know (laughs) let's let's do something now you know it is
1: such a mess and it's so crazy that people aren't just taking i mean it's like this is for your like, like okay yes Wearing the mask and everything—that's to protect others, also. But it's also for your but It's like, it's like, come on, people! I mean, help yourself
3: at least. Ugh. Well, yeah. it's it's basic. I mean, from evolutionary biology, it makes it's perfect sense. It's just you know society. Co- cooperate cooperating you know i mean it's what we have to do to as a species advance right well you know <laughs> apparently some people don't get that
1: <laughs> right yeah and then there's the fact that you know i've had several we've had our house decided that this is the right time for everything to start breaking so we've had a few contractors come by and none of them wear masks Jeez. either I, I and it's like a few of them it's like when they see me wearing a mask when they come to the door they're like oh wait a minute and they go back to their truck and they grab a mask but like like i had an electrician here the other day and he just like breezed in and just you know did his work and didn't even acknowledge that i was wearing a mask so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, people are special don't you know <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's like, and i would think if you're a contractor you're going from house to house especially you'd be worried you know, and take every possible precaution because you don't know if you're entering a house of somebody that's got COVID. But you know,
3: I mean, uh, you know, eventually it'll be traced back, and you'll have like eight house eight households get it, and the only thing they'll have had in common is the same contractor, right, or something like that. You know. Yep. Yep. But uh, yeah. So besides COVID, <laughs> <laughs> anything been going on for you, Ryan? I mean, they're less kind of all-consuming for me right now. I, I do I do work in the medicine, and so like work. You know, up until this week, it's been a weird spot where we were just getting back to all the procedures that we'd been put off, and Mm. now people were hurrying up and trying to get new procedures before everything closed down again. And it's like, Mm. all right, sure, whatever. You know, I'll just, I'll just roll with it. But um, I literally, my day is uh, come home, binge TV, sleep, and go back to work (laughs) right now. I have watched space force i can recommend that so there's you know okay. there's that yeah and dark season three dropped so that's my next uh my next binge
1: okay highly recommend is that the dark. one with mike coulter
3: no no well i know he's got a new one uh, horror think i don't i don't know. i think it's called darkness i don't know but okay, Dark yeah it's something yeah. like that so that's yeah. why when
1: you said that i was like wait is that the mike coulter show
3: no no i would highly recommend dark it's a german uh, series on um netflix it's time travel related right. and it's actually got one well season two is not so great or not as good but season one has the most consistent and well thought out and structured time travel story that i've ever seen uh, mm. on tv of course you know germans you know but um <laughs> i highly recommend it if you uh if you haven't seen it yeah
1: <laughs> i love how like like the show like we always make sure to like you know upset like some segment of the world like in every episode just to ensure that if i get international listeners that it's like oh they're with the germans. Germans.
3: Great! <laughs> hey, it's a compliment. They've got the best, highly structured time travel series I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> oh man! So, so where are you at now? With uh, you know, since Dragon Con's allowing people to roll over, are you gonna roll your uh, membership
3: over into next um, year? Or are you still planning on going? <laughs> it would be a miracle if I went this year. Uh, I will wait to the last minute of the deadlines hmm. before I roll over my hotel and all that other stuff, just because there's sadness involved. But um. <laughs> You know, yeah, I have. Right now, I have no intention of going uh, this year. Um, I mean, I just frankly don't trust people enough for that. You know? Well,
1: I'm really curious about this whole thing because it's like if the news has proven anything, it's like people don't care. If there's a party, you know, they're going to show up in number. So it ri- originally, I was like, oh, it's stupid if Dragon Con, you know, holds the con because nobody's going to come and it's going to be so depressed, you know, that it's like they're going to lose money on it anyway. But then. You know, now I'm, you know, there's the spring break numbers in Florida and all this stuff going on with all these other states and reopen. I'm like, or is it going to be like, yeah, just a handful of people don't go and everybody else goes? And sure, there's a huge outbreak because of it, but you know, everybody
3: went to DragonCon. You know, huh. so. Well, you know that, but that's just it, right? I, I feel like it's in their defense. I feel like it's a lose-lose for DragonCon mm-hmm. because they probably can't get the insurance money from a cancellation unless the government you know declares you know an emergency or something like that and that's not happening yet so they have to go forward but say only a third of the people show up and none of the guests show up they will lose money like crazy this year Mm -hmm. on on this show so they're i'm positive that they're hoping they get to cancel too but they're just not there yet
1: yeah and unfortunately the governor there doesn't seem like he's uh (laughs) going to do any kind of
3: reasonable restrictions so doesn't look that way yet yeah but in fairness our governor to, and i won't say in his defense but to his credit he did say he regretted letting bars open again so mm-hmm. who knows <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe maybe some people do learn just the hard way
1: yeah well it's good to have you back on the show ryan good to be back <laughs> even if you always bring like the hey. pressing... <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know i'm sorry <laughs> hey, on the bright side i've lost like 30 pounds oh okay well yeah that's great yeah anxiety will do that to (laughs) you you
1: hey but it's a silver lining right exactly you're anxious (laughs) but hey like everything fits better yeah everything fits
3: better well no because now i have to spend more money to buy new clothes
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh come on just like cinch your belt tighter Uh, there you go all right so um Coming at us from a bolt of lightning, it is a new uh, person for our show, and that is Adam. Adam, how are you doing? Hello. Welcome to the 42Cast, Adam. How are you doing? I'm good. Glad to be here. All right. Well,
4: Adam, since this is your first episode, why don't you say a little bit about yourself? Uh, Name is Adam Wetston, aka Sexy Thor of Thunder Talk and the Ring of Thunder, two alleged podcasts. And I physically reside in the upstate of South Carolina, and when there's not a global pandemic ravaging everything, um, I usually rule over the movie theater industry in this part of town. Oh,
1: okay. Very
4: cool. Yeah, um, whereabouts
1: in uh, South Carolina? Greenville. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, used to live uh, outside of Lexington. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Actually lived in Columbia for most of the nineties, so I was pretty close to Lexington too
1: oh okay yeah 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 that was the that was the direction of civilization <laughs> <laughs> so the other way outside of Lexington, and suddenly you're just in like it's you know there's nothing anywhere except some farms, yeah, so uh no cool, good to have you on the show uh so Adam, what would you say is your primary fandom
4: uh primary fandom would be the holy trinity of marvel dc in professional wrestling oh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay all right yeah so um i see how two of those go together pretty well <laughs>
4: <laughs> um wrestling s- connects to that in different ways too no so. mm, yeah. but that's a um, whole other podcast
1: yeah okay <laughs> yeah um so uh yeah so you've been like a long time like marvel dc guy or is that
4: something with the movies that you've gotten into or oh yeah pretty much my whole life because my mom and my uncle were already big uh, marvel and dc fans and of course my other primary fandom of star wars i got from Mm. them as well and so i've been around it since you know the x-men spider-man batman the animated series cartoons of the early 90s and then I just kept following through with uh, you know the movies and of course picking up the comics on my own. and of course, you know, being around the movie theaters as long as I have, I've been around for the whole MCU from the beginning. So it's been an interesting time with them
1: very cool you're speaking my language because uh i got into comics with the uh x-men animated series and some friends of mine in 93 were going to heroes con and so they took me along with them And that's when i bought my first comics and you know so yeah the those animated shows are sort of my entree you know entree into the uh marvel universe so yeah very cool
4: oh yeah i've been during the whole pandemic lockdown i've been really getting back into uh, x-men the animated series and watching it over again on disney plus and it holds up but i just never realized that at some point between seasons two and seasons five there was just the animation changed somewhat i can't put my finger on it uh
1: they were using different studios so they started with a korean studio And then they were trying to save money or actually Haim Saban was trying to save money and was trying out other studios in Asia. There was like a Philippines studio they tried out that, you know, the animation was fairly bad. And in fact, that's why a lot of the episodes were delayed in the later seasons where, you know, they weren't coming out on time. And sometimes they were shown out of order was because sometimes they had to send the episodes back to the studio and have them redo them because the quality was so poor like they said like uh, in the lady death strike 1 they got lady death strike and she was naked oh. <laughs> like like i mean like her shirt was skin colored so it's like, uh, well, we can't have that. It looks like she's naked.
2: You know? <laughs> so
4: it's like... But uh, so many
2: teenage boys would have been so happy.
4: <laughs> now put some clothes on her that look like clothes and use the same exact audio background tracks that we use on Power Rangers. <laughs> so
1: yeah no i've actually talked to a lot of the people that made the x-men animated series it's been one of the things i've done with the podcast so i got a lot of behind the scenes kind of info Um, but yeah but uh it's it's good to have you uh
4: joining our cast adam thank you glad to be here and to meet you all finally
1: and um so yeah next up uh is our five minute controversy for those who have followed the show for a while you know what this is but for everyone else this is something where we just take five minutes to talk about something that's going on in the geekosphere uh lets us kind of um you know get loosened up before we're going to talk about our main topic and also Uh, gives you a little insight into how we feel about some other geeky topic besides our main topic. So uh, I I almost didn't do one for this episode because we already have a controversy kind of baked into this season of Batwoman to talk about, but the news broke a few days ago that Michael Keaton is in talks with DC to reprise his role as Batman. Um, apparently, Flashpoint, the, the movie, is going to erase the Ben Affleck Batman and have the Tim Burton Batman as the Batman in the DCEU, and he'll appear in multiple films. So, I'm just kind of curious how people feel about it. Like, do you think that this would be a bad move? Do you think that this is a good move? Like, what, what is your take on, you know, this? So, um, let's start with you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah,
3: okay. My gut reaction is that this is a bad move. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get don't, on. I would love to have uh, Keaton back as Batman, either kind of a, a Dark Knight homage or you know uh, Batman Beyond or whatever. Um, but how do I phrase this exactly? Most of the DCU is garbage, <laughs> 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 and I'm afraid that they're going to. You know, I, I, I laugh when people say you ruined my childhood, but. When I see this, all I can think of is uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. You know, all over. Oh, Oh.
1: man. You don't just think it's a bad idea. You just think it's a very – you invoked Crystal Skull, man. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, just cast Shia LaBeouf in it and it's over. (laughs) He could be Terry in a Batman Beyond. Oh.
2: (laughs) Don't. I
3: need wood to knock on to make that not happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and I, I just don't That even think that it's necessary to a Flashpoint story. And it also, it not only is it not necessary, but I don't even quite see how... I think they're just giving up on any sort of continuity with their previous movies. the I mean, we, we got the hint of Flashpoint and um, Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. you know, so I guess, no, we're not going to see that again. Or So I just... I don't, I'm not feeling it, you know? I, I feel like the DCEU has a chance be- between Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Flash and even the new Batman movie coming out to turn a corner here. And I. I, I... I think that means not necessarily looking to the past in this once. Oh, oh,
1: I will say that they have officially said now that the Batman is in an alternate universe from the DCEU, just like the Joker wasn't connected with that. So like, it's not even part of the DCEU. So it's it's Wonder Woman, Aquaman, you know, all that will be part of it. And I'm assuming Shazam is part of it too, which was another movie that I, I I feel like DC is doing better now. They are, they are. Yeah. Um, but uh okay all right so oh god crystal skull <laughs> hey <laughs> yeah like, I this is going to be the worst of the worst <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay um james what do you think about this um yeah i don't i like i i can see why people are excited about it because it is it's michael keaton it's the original well outside of adam west um like what kind of really brought you know the movie franchise to um the big screen in a big way. Like they did it in such a way that he he is essentially that that uh Batman. And so like I love Michael Keaton. Don't get me wrong. Like seeing him come in as Spider in Spider-Man as the vulture like I was just like, God, he's just it's Michael Keaton. He's still so good. Put the Bat Cowl on him and he could have just been Batman in this beating the crap out of Spider-Man and I'd have been happy. <laughs> um but it, like I like I, I I agree with Ryan to many degrees where it's just like I see where like the studio even mentioning or talking about it could be interesting, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I look at it not even in the comic book spectrum of things of, I don't know. I didn't, there were aspects of Affleck's Batman I didn't like, and I don't hold that on Affleck. I hold that on the writing of the character itself in many ways. Um, I didn't feel like Affleck's portrayal was, absolutely the worst i mean it definitely had the capacity to be better it wasn't him playing daredevil so that made it well to be fair i don't think this is them firing affleck i think affleck's had it
1: with dc and he's and he wants that he wanted out and that's why they're looking at somebody else to be Batman.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. I just it's its unfortunate that they're looking at it in a perspective of, OK, fine. If he wants out, well, it, it makes it feel like they're considering doing something that just writes out essentially in, to some degrees like that performance. Obviously, mm. it's captured in film. It never gets to go away like that is now immortalized unless, you know, you're a Zack Snyder fan, and then absolutely, there's some way to bring things about that we just never knew. Um, what we need
1: is a cut of Justice League that's more like Batman v Superman.
2: So, so yeah, it's just I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm a little on the fence on both sides because it's just like, yeah, uh, Keaton could be good. It could be refreshing. It could be a really good iteration it just depends on how they're introducing him if they're doing like what they did in um the the crossover event with the cw series this year where they they brought in when they brought in kevin conroy to like actually be like on screen batman like old man batman like i was i was jazzed and i was just like oh that's awesome like that's such a great thing he's never actually had an on-screen batman appearance he's always just Mm -hmm. been the voice that's great so i mean if it's that representation where yeah we're talking like it's kind of futuristic old man batman and he's not doing anything other than being like yeah i'm batman and things were terrible um (laughs) it could be really cool um i i don't know that Doing de-aging effects or uh, cosmetics with Affleck, if they could somehow convince him to come in and do it as like old man Batman would really work well. I, ju- I don't think it would. So, yeah, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm not really one way or the other until I guess more information is
4: available about what exactly that plan would be.
1: All right, Adam, how do you feel about the news that uh, Keaton could be uh, Batman again?
4: Well, I already have a baked-in apprehension about DCEU things that don't involve Harley Quinn, Wonder Woman, or Aquaman. Mm -hmm. But I'm also optimistic as well, so I'm curious. As long as I'm not waiting 20 years for Shia LaBeouf to play Terry McGinnis... (laughs) 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 Then, I mean, why not? Plus also... uh, Ezra Miller's flash of showing up in crisis that actually just got me hyped up for this movie. So throwing Keaton to it, I'll be optimistic and if I'm disappointed, well, I'll just talk it up, chalk it up to be in the 2020s. Hmm. Okay.
1: It's fair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here, here's the thing. And here's the part of the equation that no, you know, nobody's mentioned yet keaton wants this and the reason why i know that keaton wants this is because i sat through birdman now that was a horrible (laughs) movie but the one thing that comes out of it is that keaton regrets you know not doing the third batman movie (laughs) it's like you you get that keaton is like "Uh, this this was the one that got away this is something that i wish i I had you know done more with and i think even him doing vulture you know in spider-man was like him trying to get his toe back into the superhero thing again or you know the superhero genre again now the sad thing to me is that if he's going to be batman in several dc movies it probably means we're not going to get the vulture in a future marvel movie although i guess i don't know how that's all going to work but you know i guess it's potentially possible but it's unlikely so that kind of saddens me but otherwise you know if keaton is jazzed about it and gives a great performance you know i think that that's going to be nine tenths of the of of getting it there now obviously there's got to be some writing and if he's appearing in multiple movies that means multiple writers and who knows how well it's going to work or whatever um i think it would have been better to bring keaton in for more of a batman beyond thing but it sounds like he's just going to be a minor supporting character in other people's movies so i don't think they're going batman beyond i think they're going with just He's basically the elder statesman of this, you know, superhero world where he's going to just be guiding the, the other heroes in some way or other. But um, I, I'm very curious to see what they do. Keaton's been on fire, you know, uh, like, you know, he's, he's done some great things lately. So I'm all for it. So I would like to see it. And I uh, hope that uh, this deal goes, you know, goes through because of it. I know some people were hoping for uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the uh, Thomas Wayne Batman, but you know, it just sounds like they're not going that way. Can't win them all.
2: I'll still always hold out hope. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, they said like they dropped that idea a long time ago and like people have just been like, you know, like obsessed about it and again what happens on the internet is somebody posts an article of maybe this will happen and suddenly after people share and share and share and people don't read the article, people say this is what they're doing in Flashpoint and you know, read the articles guys. (laughs) A lot of things get posted that are speculative and aren't like this is what's definitively happening.
3: I mean, in defense of the fans, like like three, two or three years ago, DC was greenlighting every movie right, concept no, no. so Like,
1: oh, we, we scrawled something on the back of a napkin. We're yeah. gonna make this movie. It's like early like twenty twenty one. Harley Quinn was doing Birds of Prey. There was gonna be, you know, a Gotham City sirens. There was gonna, be, you know, it's like it's like Margot Robbie was going to be in like fifty different movies. It was crazy. Yeah.
4: And then there was gonna be a random Joker slash Harley oh, movie right, going Right, Joker on at the same Harley time. movie, right? Yeah, but so, I feel like Gotham City Sirens just sort of evolved into Birds of Prey somewhat.
1: Right. Well, I think what happened is, yeah, people people started taking all these different announcements and saying like it was gonna be this movie and this movie and this movie, when really it was kind of like the same movie, and they were just kind of like, you know, still in the script development stage, and so we're kind of changing their minds on what it was, you know.
4: Yeah, David Ayer has an executive producer credit on Birds of Prey, so that's why I assume that's just the evolution of it.
1: That makes sense. All right, well, that is our five-minute controversy for this week. I guess we've got two optimistic, one neutral and one against. So, And really (laughs) against. Oh, my God, that almost counteracts the two optimistic kingdom of the crystal skull oh my god Uh, hey hey
0: hey, (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs)
1: Ryan's just come on this episode to be as negative as he can be
3: go in with tempered expectations that's all I'm (laughs) saying
1: I mean how do you go down from kingdom of the like like Catwoman? (laughs) oh
4: We've i have really already know. mentioned crystal skull catwoman and daredevil so far on this show. <laughs>
1: it's not the episode to do it i'll defend daredevil it's nowhere it's at least nowhere near as bad as catwoman but anyway it gave us electra it's bad <laughs> <laughs> no electra electra was a bad movie but anyway all right all right well we're gonna pause here for a promo from another five podcasts We are the Earth Station One podcast, and we approve this message.
4: Hey, I'm Judy, and I've been a listener of Earth Station One for over 10 years. Yeah, every day while Mike edited together over 550 episodes, you know all that geek-themed blah, blah, blah. I've listened so much that now I hear howdy in my sleep. You, too, can enjoy all the Earth Station One fun wherever fine podcasts are found. Okay, Mike, I did this for you. Are we going to get another dog now?
3: The Earth Station One podcast. Over 10 years for geeks by geeks.
1: And we're back and like we talked about at the top of the show we are going to talk about batwoman season one um like all of the dc shows um it was uh affected by COVID 19 Uh, they only got 20 episodes of the 22 that they had planned completed and for this show at least that's going to mean that it changes are going to be very significant um with what they're going to do with the show um but we're going to talk about that a little bit later but first off I just want to talk about the season that we got the 20 episodes that we got and um let's just start talking first about uh, what did we think about the various characters on the show so let's start with uh uh, Batwoman herself Kate Kane and uh, why don't we start with you Adam what do you think about uh her character
4: uh well despite all the well, are you talking about as far as the character or the acting? Or- well, yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: the character. I mean, all aspects of the character. Like, did you like her as Kate Kane? Did you think that Kate Kane was portrayed well? You know, like, I don't know much about the character from the comics. I wasn't even aware. I knew Batgirl. I didn't know about Batwoman. I was never a big DC guy. Um, but, uh, you know, like, how do you feel about the the character that we got on the television?
4: I liked her, and I thought... Ruby Rose nailed it as far as I was concerned and I liked how uh you know her costume with the red hair was actually you know just attached cuz I don't know if it's like all iterations but of course in the comics Kate Kane just has you know long red hair that flows through but I liked how they pretty much just attached it so Ruby Rose could have her uh haircut on there but yeah I thought she was just fine I know there was like controversy on her casting a long time ago because you know stuff we don't have to get into here but i mean i can't i couldn't think of anybody better honestly
1: Mm. okay fair enough uh james what do you think about uh ruby rose's kate kane
2: um it took some time for me to really appreciate the character, I think, mm. uh, as far as her portrayal, because um, I, I just didn't know what to expect, because Kate Kane isn't one of the characters in the comics uh, within the Bat family that I followed super, super closely. Um, it wasn't probably until the last like couple of years um, that I kind of started, or well, a few years, because really the first I'd heard of Batwoman, um, I hadn't read comics with Batwoman, and then I, I watched the animated movie uh, that they did where they brought in Kate Kane. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Okay. I got a little more interested. And so I think as with a lot of the DC shows, it it, it took a little while in that, in that pilot season um, being season one uh, for me, at least for her to like really hit her stride. Uh, Cause there were a lot of moments I was really waiting for it. I was just like, God, ah. like she feels like a good Kate Kane. But there were moments where I was like, I don't know, I don't know if she feels like a really great Batwoman yet. Um, mm. And it wasn't until like later in the season, and 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 I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll get to talk about these things at some point where um, it was one specific episode and it was like the very beginning of the episode that everything happened and I went, There she is. There's Batwoman. That's Batwoman. There it is. Okay. Um, And then it gave me perspective to like think back through the rest of the season and things like that about how I felt about it. So honestly, like with her departure, I was a little bit sad because I was just like, oh, but you hit the stride. Like we're there now. (laughs) Like we, there's so much promise now. Come on. But yeah. Uh, Other than that. Yeah. I mean, uh, overall, I didn't think her performance was a terrible performance and, and I didn't really understand the animosity some people had towards her casting.
1: Hmm. Okay. Ryan.
3: Yeah. I, overall, I, I, I liked it. Uh, I liked her performance and, and the choice of her. Um, I'm reminded of, and, and I think maybe this was a deliberate choice on the part of the showrunners, but I had very much that arrow feel in the beginning. Um, the kind of reluctant hero, um, Who's on a crusade, a mission that they don't necessarily want to be a part of, and just like it took several seasons, even for Ollie to become the Green Arrow that we think of him as. Um, you know, first he was just a vigilante. You know, it took it took a while before he was even an Arrow. You know, um, it's it, it took it was a, an origin story with her, and uh, I think I think it would have been a disservice to have her come in immediately in the costume and being an expert at everything without showing us how she, she got there and how she earned it. So I think that was a good choice.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be in the minority here on this one. I found her very one note. Um, you know, again, I'm not familiar with the character in the comics, and maybe she's portraying that character very well. But I think the greatest sin that she commits is being all, the least interesting character in her ensemble when she's supposed to be the lead you know, Luke, Alice, you know, all these other people that are going on, so much more charismatic, so much more interesting to watch, you know, and Kate is always like, I talk in my Batwoman voice all the time. I'm very clipped, very short, don't say much, you know, and it's just like, oh my God, come on, you know, like you compare to, you know, Arrow, but it's like when Oliver is Oliver, he's a completely different person than he is when he's the Arrow. You know, he had that sort of schmoozing, you know, kind of, you know, way about him. And it's like, yeah, she doesn't have to be that character, but it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I just found her to be very, very one note all the time. And it found, I, you know, again, her relationships with others were the things that you watched for you know her relationship with alice her relationship with her other sister whose name escapes me at the moment yeah (laughs) and her relationship with luke you know those were all interesting things to watch those interactions um but uh i I felt like everyone else was more interesting to watch than she was no thoughts (laughs)
2: <laughs> no i and 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 i don't it's not so much like i would disagree with that like i think that's where my trouble was with with her in the beginning of the show where um for easily like probably the first half of the season i was like i was kind of in uh, in that boat where i was like i just uh, i don't know i don't know exactly what she's trying to sell because i, I get exactly what you're saying like i feel like all the other characters out of the gate were very compelling compelling. Like I love, I love Luke Fox. Uh, I love help Mary. Like she, she initially comes off as this like ditzy kind of like, Oh, I'm, I'm a, I'm an influencer. And I was like, God, I hate influencers in the real world. I don't think <laughs> like her. And I end up loving Mary, like by, by the end of the season, I was just like, Oh
1: no, like- I agree. I found Mary annoying in the beginning too. And then it completely shifted.
2: Yeah, and so it was Same. It was one of those where a lot of these characters, like, they go through really good arcs, and they're just, as you said, they're supporting characters, and their arcs are pretty interesting. Even Luke has an amazing arc, and it's just like, okay, but the basis of what we get from kate is very similar in that first episode to just watching christopher nolan's batman uh because it's like the same kind of little origin beginning like she's out in the middle of a frozen tundra and she's (laughs) fighting for her survival and i made those direct comparisons i was like did christopher nolan direct the episode or are they just like co-opting it um and so it was, like, all these, like, elements, and then, yeah, it's just, like, it's time to go back. And then she heads back to Gotham, and and it's just kind of, like, this weird linearity into her jumping into, like, it's clear she has the combat background mm-hmm. to be an effective, you know, um, hero or whatever the case may be. But, it, again, it's just it, – it's trying to it, – I was trying to figure out for the longest time, like, what – what's the character's motivation here? And and yeah, in the easily, like I said, that first half of the season, I don't think she carried that on well for me either of like really showing me like, what's the character's motivation? Why is she here outside of, well, this is my city and I protect my city. And I was like, okay, but Batman does all those, did all those things too. So are you just trying to uphold that mantle and just be the replacement for Bruce? Or are you trying to be, your own hero in your own right and that's what i want is i want you to be your own hero in your own right if i want batman i'll just go watch batman i don't want to watch batman
1: yeah um that's that's actually a good question because that's going to segue i think into what they end up doing with the next season but how do you guys feel i mean because they did they're doing the same thing that supergirl did with the. you know, we'll keep mentioning the character, but we won't actually show them. You know, like with Supergirl, it was Superman. It's like Superman got referenced three times an episode, it seemed like in season one, but we never actually see him. You know, and this one they've built in the whole like, Bruce has disappeared mysteriously. Woo, you know.
4: Yeah, it's literally just my cousin, my cousin, my cousin, my cousin, my cousin, my cousin right
1: so like it seems like they were going down the same tack and it was getting kind of annoying to me Of it's like look if you want to do this thing where it's like hey even though she's obviously the successor to batman you know we want to distance her like just don't talk about it, right? You know, it's like mention it in the beginning. You don't have to bring it up, you know, constantly. But it seems like they're doing that same thing they were doing in Supergirl. And with Supergirl, it was clear they got, you know, the, the, the fans were fed up enough that they were like, all right, we'll give you Superman, okay? You know, so that's why in season two, they brought him in. So uh, I just I just find that strange, you know, that that they did the same thing with uh, Batwoman. So just curious, just throwing that out there.
4: Uh, you know, like, uh, Adam, what do you think about that? Ooh. Well, first off, uh, so far what I've read in her comics, which is just like the first 15 issues of Batwoman Rebirth, uh, she's not really that different from uh, the show because she's pretty much all about you know rescuing her, her sister and also trying to live up to her cousin and the symbol of her cousin, her cousin, her cousin, her cousin. So, I mean, it's one note, but also kind of accurate, but I definitely wholeheartedly agree about... Um, the charisma of all of her supporting cast because I like Luke, I like Mary, and Alice is probably my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> and and I didn't realize it till a couple of days ago, but uh, Rachel Scarsten was also Black Canary on the original Birds of Prey TV show. That, hmm. that blew my mind like <laughs> three ways to Sunday.
3: Goodness. I just know her from Lost Girl. I didn't realize that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I guess she was like 16 17 at the time when she was Black Canary. So I was just like, "Wait, seriously? That was eighteen years ago. Goodness." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all getting old. <laughs> uh,
1: so Ryan, you know, what well, do you think that it's a mistake for them to go down this
3: path? Do you think it works with Batwoman? Well, uh, okay, here's the thing, I think they were damned if they do and damned if they don't, right? If they'd mentioned Batman in the first episode and then promptly never mentioned it again, the fans would have cried out in rage and been, but this is Gotham, Batman's a legacy, why don't they even mention him? You know, so I, I think there was, it's a fine line and sometimes uh, sometimes they hit it and sometimes they don't. Um, by and large, considering she is using his Batcave, she is in Wayne Tower. She is wearing his modified armor and using his modified tech. And her sidekick is the son of Lucius Fox. All things considered, Batman is very much in the room, and, a, and more, more so than uh, kal-el was ever in. Super. It just seems weird
1: if you're going to keep bringing him up. Like, why aren't you searching for him? Why isn't you know? Like, it seems like that should be part of the story. Of that is the search for Bruce, or and the hunt for Bruce. You you I'm... know
3: that eventually that they would get there with that and uh, i'm on i know we're jumping ahead but i'll put my money down now that they write her out as going on a quest to find bruce or getting lost finding bruce or something like that
1: yeah maybe um all right so uh we've already talked about her mary you know uh james and i both said that you know we started out kind of like disliking mary but uh then we by the end it's like uh you know we we really appreciated her so ryan what do you think about mary I
3: liked her from the get go. I mean, in small doses, right? Right. (laughs) She's bubbly and perky, and like everything that's Gotham is dark and edgy. Uh, She wasn't. She is literally the the anti Kate Kane, um, in in all sense and personality and so forth. I mean, uh, this is a girl who she you know look what Alice did to her, and she still saved Alice, right? I mean, this is someone who you just can't help but to love she's she's probably has a thousand best friends you know and and you want to be one of them (laughs) yeah you know the problem is like so, so
1: here's the thing the interesting thing for me is to like contrast her with like felicity right and you know uh felicity is someone that i never got the love that the fans had for her that you know got her to have such a big role on the show and i never felt like Oliver would take Felicity in to the degree of even becoming like, this is the woman I want to marry. It seemed like that was all kind of forced. But, you know, like Mary, the difference is that, you know, like when Felicity comes to the lair, Felicity's complaining like, oh, I don't get to do what you guys do. Blah, blah, blah. I, I want to get some, you know, like get hurt so that you guys will patch me up, blah, blah, blah. And it seems like really whiny and annoying. It's like Mary just wants to help, right? Like, Mary's not whining. Mary's not, like, upset. Mary just is like, look, you know, I've got skills. I can help you. You know, let me help. And like, I find that so refreshing. I thought that Mary was like a great character. But yeah, all the social media crap I could lose I, that I find very annoying. But like once it became more about Mary wanting to participate and Mary being like, look, I have things that you don't have and they can actually be helpful. I really liked that. Now, then, of course, they had the thing where she's like taking pictures in the Batcave. And then it was like, oh, my God, like, who did you let write this episode? Because this is ridiculous because she's not that dumb. But, you know, that aside... You know, uh, I thought that definitely in that second half, like James was saying, like Mary was just like fantastic.
2: Well, I think that's the great red herring of Mary is is very much like I think part of that is part of it is like she she acknowledges like herself as an influencer, but Mm -hmm. I think that in and of itself is the red herring about her own personality. It's like, she's running an underground clinic. Like she's a a very like intelligent, experienced medical professional. Who's not Mm. even like technically from what I can tell in the show, she doesn't even technically have her doctorate yet, Right. but she's like miles ahead of people enough so that she's able to capably run a clinic and do like mild surgery. And I was just like, where did this come from? Like how, <laughs> what? Okay. And, and, and I think that is what uh, redeemed her to me almost immediately. Where I was just like, Oh, okay. I see. She's, she's got her own secrets. Okay.
4: All right. Adam, what do you think about Mary? I mean, social media influencer who works at a secret underground illegal clinic. I mean, that was, we were bound to get deeper and deeper in the, That particular rabbit hole and it's i mean she's just an awesome character (laughs) yeah
1: yeah no i mean it's good it's good that they're trying to like get away from the one character who can do everything kind of thing i mean luke is kind of like the super genius of the group but uh you know it's i think the 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 berlanti shows are trying to get away from like the quote-unquote scientist who is good at all sciences from medical to you know uh physics to you know forensics and everything else so um and and of course having someone with medical skills is a good part of having on a team so um i think that that's a, a good move too um all right. So Luke, Luke Fox, that was interesting to me because, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm more familiar with the animated side of things. So, you know, I knew Lucius of course. Um, but, uh, I didn't know about Luke Fox and, you know, it seems like he was, you know, almost filling like a, like an Alfred type role by the time that the Bruce of this universe left. So, um,
4: but yeah, how did people feel about Luke? Uh, why don't we start with you this time, Adam? Luke was awesome and as soon as I found out that you know Lucius was like gunned down in a gas station convenience store it just broke my heart because of course like all iterations of Lucius Fox I've absolutely loved and Luke lives up to that Fox legacy perfectly but also has that sort of internal sort of struggle especially when he he's confronted with the guy he believes murdered Lucius and then finding out that that's all, you know, he, that guy was set up and there is all, all sort of things like we got so much depth to Luke at the end of season one. And then his eventual unlikely bond with Mary. So it's just like, besides Alice, I think Luke is probably the most interesting character to me
1: yeah no i i agree with the thing about uh you know lucius being gunned down. i mean that's it's so horrible you know too of just like it's lucius fox and he dies like in one of the most like mundane ways that someone you know can be killed and it's just like you know but it helps to bring home the idea of you know this is you know trying to be like a gritty you know realistic tv show like it's not some big thing you know it's like yeah he's gunned down in a convenience store um Although, of course, there was a whole plot behind it, too, so I guess it ends up not being mundane, but at first it seems
3: that way. Um, Ryan, thoughts about Luke? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, before, real quick, I just want to say that I, I feel like they, what they've done with the, the whole Batman legacy there, You know, what Batman may or may not have done to Joker uh, that Luke hinted at, and then Lucius being dead, it's if they ever did Bring this Batman back, it wouldn't be any Batman we'd necessarily recognize. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't maybe. If they ever wanted to do a Batman series in the Berlanti verse, it would have to be a prequel uh, series. Um, but uh, to Luke. I, I liked him, yeah, you know, I mean, he served his purpose. Uh, I, I wasn't completely blown away. I mean, it just, yeah, he's, he's the Cisco, he's the Felicity, he's the uh, Ray. I mean, he's just, yeah, the, the super nerd. I mean, maybe he's more realistic in certain respects. Um, I, I did like his angst, I think his portrayal as well. I just don't think he's had much meat uh, to work with yet. I mean, I do like his. I, I think he's got real chemistry with Mary, and I like the idea of the two of them, like in the in the Batcave together. Um, that works for me. But um, and and I like that he keeps Kate on her toes. I love when she's out in the field and he's saying something in her ear, you know, that's uh, you know, little snide or whatever, um, throwing shade. Um, so I do like that. I, I think he's also a good counterpoint to her. It's probably, you know, for obvious reasons. Obviously, uh, they're, they're not a love interest, um, but. You can either you get that you get a whole brother sister feel between the two of them that uh really works for me. I like that's what I'm saying. I love the way he interacts with everyone else. But he by himself, I just you know, yeah, he's okay. okay. Uh James.
2: Yeah. Uh I I I like Luke. Um his his story arc was really interesting to me. Um again, it was what I don't know it it made him more compelling in a lot of ways than some of the other like character work that they've done (laughs) across Mm. the board where it was just like it was that interest of like it was it was what you were just describing and like why aren't we searching for for bruce wayne why aren't we searching for batman and it was just like in this case because of actions that happened it turned into okay this guy isn't luke's father's killer who is let's rally behind that and solve that mystery while also protecting the city and dealing with alice and all these other things um so it's just like oh the capabilities there for sure we have the resources we just, just swept it under the rug it's fine um but yeah so i i loved his arc i liked him um, I think the only episode it, it wasn't it wasn't like a main episode. It's part of that crossover event was where like he's working for Bruce or whatever, and he comes out. And he's got like no shirt on, and he's right. just cut. <laughs> and I was just like. Yeah. <laughs> this is not what i expect out of like a nerdy guy who spends most of his time around tech i'm not saying it's not possible nor should it happen i'm just saying i did not expect this at all
1: yeah cara seemed very interested
2: uh. (laughs) hey you know it lives up to the cw uh standard at some point somebody's gotta be uh they gotta be a little aloof and emo and they have to have no shirt on and be absolute abs like that just has to be a thing I mean,
3: you expected to see the salmon ladder, and there him climbing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no. I, I like Luke. I like I always like, or I, I tend to like the supporting characters. You know, like I'm a big fan of Gambian Black Lightning, and you know, I uh, you know I like Luke. I like that he's not a caricature because, like, one of the problems that I have with you know, like, say Cisco. Is like Cisco could never operate an environment with like actual like real like professional people because they would it would take so long for him to convey his ideas because he'd keep making movie references and they'd be like what are you talking about I have no idea you know like Luke Luke's geeky Luke knows all that stuff but he can communicate like an actual professional so I like that I like that they weren't going for the off the wall like goofy like hey, he's the nerd identification figure people because I'm always like you know nerds can be professional too people Um, so that i i appreciate that and i also like that you know i i think i think when you say he wasn't given any meat ryan i feel like you're doing a real disservice to the you know to the story arc they did with him like maybe he didn't get meat throughout the season but i feel like the whole way that they handled his you know the 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 trial and you know his feelings about you know uh the person who he thought was his father's killer being allowed to go free and you know things like that i thought that that was all fairly needy and i felt like he did a really great job with that i mean we got to the point where he was willing to gun somebody down because he thought that they were you know like going to get off you know
3: well and um, if, you know, maybe if uh it's that had ended with that whatever but then I, I think i think it was just after then they uh suddenly do the exact same story pretty much with kate and uh um mouse's father and except she does do it she does kill him and then we have these ramifications and his whole story is basically swallowed or forgotten or overshadowed by that
1: yeah, well that's fair but uh but yeah no i i like luke a lot i think that he's uh he's a great character and i liked how he interacts with people like everybody said like his interaction with mary is fantastic and you know i'm i'm there for it and even though i I don't really want to talk about this aspect until we get to alice the the thing like with him and the alternate alice or beth was so good (laughs) (laughs) Like it's like it's like they're just hitting it off and everything. And I really felt sad when she I mean I knew she was gonna buy it, but you know. I I just I was really I was really rooting for them as a couple. (laughs) Same. But um all right. So yeah, let's talk about Commander Kane. You know, um you know all these shows you've got to have like the character well usually you have the character with the secret identity and there's the character that's like oh this person's operating outside the law you know it's a a problem but in this one we get where it's the father of the character um which you know creates a a, you know a different kind of uh, dynamic um so yeah what do you think about that did you feel like it got a little too like with uh you know just Cwe, or do you feel like it was handled well when you think about the character? So uh, let's start with you this time, Ryan.
3: Oh yeah, I loved Paul Blackthorne. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean Doug Ray Scott uh, in, in the role. You know, <laughs> but hey, he wasn't Oliver's dad. Yeah, well, he just he was just the dad of Oliver's girlfriend's. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> but, no, and and he pretty much became a surrogate father by the end. But right. um. Uh, I honestly think that there's a subtlety to his performance and his story that uh, that I appreciate. I mean, a, as far as the commander of the crows, um, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, okay, he's he is what he is. He's basically a uh mm-hmm. mercenary, um, uh, who's power power tripping on in Gotham Cities for Gotham City's elite. But when they deal with him, his relationship with Alice is where he comes out and he's shining, shining and compelling because he manages to portray both this father who has lost his child. And wants her back, but also kind of needs to destroy her at the same time. And uh, you know, it'll be like one episode he's like, "Take the shot," you know, and then the next episode he's like, "I would have, I should have kept looking for you." And and so I think when, when especially when they're on screen together he gets to emote and he does he's not when when he's not playing the mercenary he really 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 works for me but as just the commander eh, except for and also when he's dealing with sophie then you see a little bit of a a human being there even if it is kind of a patriarchal patronizing one but um you know other than that i I think i think in seasons two and three or whatever we can see some good stuff from him and then in four he'll die Mm, okay
1: yeah i mean he Uh, the interesting thing with the alice relationship also though before we get to any of the face-to-face stuff is when he can't accept that she is actually beth like he has to convince himself because if she's beth that means that you know he should have been searching harder he gave up too early and all that and so his whole thing of like his whole gung-ho like we gotta kill her and everything like and she's just a crazy person and you know how can you possibly believe it's Beth it's all because of him it's not because he actually you know believes that that that's the logical conclusion it is just that he can't you know and then like how like deflated he is when he finds out that she is in fact Beth you know and that that's that's who she is and then this sort of ambivalence to ranging all over the place of yeah i want to take her back i want to help her to you know like but she's still this horrible person it's like that whole range it's so good how he portrays that because i think that that's like when faced with a situation like that that seems like the right thing like 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 a father wouldn't know what to do you know about
3: that i mean on the one hand he's a failure of a father for losing her. And on the mm. other hand, he's a failure of a father for having a daughter who's a mass murderer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, like when your child is a monster, you know, like what what do you do, you know? Especially when you're one of the people that's supposed to be, you know, taking care of, you know, uh, criminals and whatnot. So, Adam, what do you think about uh, Commander
4: Kane? He's a lot to unpack for somebody who, on the surface, just seems like a regular, hard ass commander because he's definitely got his relationship with Kate slash Batwoman and Alice slash Beth definitely differentiates him from Gordon and Joe West and, uh, Paul Blackthorn. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, cause on one hand, and I'm not even sure if there's any sort of possible Batwoman continuity where he ever like actually, f- Finds out about Kate being Batwoman and/or just accepts that Batwoman is doing her thing and is doing good, and also his conflicts with Alice slash Beth. Like he's still trying to come to grips with accepting Batwoman and also Alice slash Beth, while Sophie's found out already ten different times that Kate is Batwoman, and somehow she still manages to quote unquote convince her that that's a lie. <laughs> but but that. It's a subject we'll get to when we talk about Sophie. (laughs) But Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's pretty much all down to, he's got a whole lot of mess to figure out with his daughters right now. And you know, his pride and guilt is seriously setting him back like five seasons or four when he dies, probably five when he dies. And then his multiverse self comes into this universe somehow and interacts with them and he's just like oh yeah yeah i knew you were batwoman all along and i accepted you just fine like yeah
1: cw yeah james what do you think about commander Kane?
2: i think he wins an award for like the most disgruntled guy consistently (laughs) all the time like he just seems so like he has so much consternation all the time (laughs) it's like uh I was just like god like growing up with this guy I I can kind of understand why uh Kate Kane doesn't have that much personality sometimes uh but yeah no like I don't know like I do like I do like the development of the character in terms of yeah like he has he has these juxtapositions that he's kind of caught in because of, of all the things that have been talked about it's you know he's this very stern guy and he is kind of a hardened individual and perhaps he wasn't always that way but with like losing his wife and losing his daughter um you know and having to raise his other daughter on his own like it, it he he went probably back to a lot of that military basis he he had and and became just this very hardened person um and so you know and And that was his driving force, his motivation to create the Crows and to create the security force that's protecting Gotham better than "Quote unquote, uh, Gotham PD, um, which so far I have not seen that they are any more effective than Gotham PD ever was. Um, <laughs> but uh, but one could make those arguments that it's just like, well, the city was fine until you know somebody put a cow back on, and then suddenly things just went real downhill. I don't know. So, but yeah, it's just uh, it, and so you see those juxtapositions. And it's the fact that yeah, he rails so hard against. Alice can't be Beth because then I failed. I didn't do enough. Um, You know, those those kinds of inner battles. And, And it's a very constant thing for him. It's like, even once he is able to acknowledge who she is and that she is her, then when things go real sideways, he reverts right back to base one of, nope, that's not my daughter my daughter would never do those things and it's just like well the daughter you knew never would have done those things um so very much like i love the kind of the allegory that that i've seen in many other places of um resignation and brute force do not fix um mental um disabilities or um Uh, or or mental breakage like it it doesn't fix those things like this is not the person you knew and you have to accept that and the only way to move forward is with acceptance and then finding the path that will lead to getting her back to a semblance of normalcy Um, and so just seeing him rail so hard against that um, because it would be his own failures is just it's it's interesting. It's what makes that character compelling. Um, he's not at all like a, 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 I. I do like Paul Blackthorne. I like that character um, in those shows and stuff. But I do feel like in many, many, many ways, like this is, this is a very different person in those ways outside of just the well vigilantes are bad and because she's a vigilante we're gonna take her down and then we just watch him fail at that at every single turn like everywhere everybody else has (laughs) in any of the other cities uh but yeah like i don't i i think he is very compelling but i'd like to see him like i don't know smile once in a while that'd be good Well, you know, you know, figure,
1: I mean, we don't, we don't kind of consider like the year this guy's had. He (laughs) found out that his wife had like falsified evidence that his daughter was dead. Then his wife dies. This is his 2020 killed (laughs) murdered by the daughter his daughter is a serial killer you know running amok in the city i mean like then he found out that like the organization that he runs is corrupt and that they're running these like illegal like operations like within the it's like this guy's
2: had like a really bad year it's not a lot to smile about I mean that's fair. It's not like we're going to exactly see like pictures of him in the Bahamas with like two peace signs and just like having a great time. <laughs> I mean, he
1: has just been dumped on like <laughs> And the thing is it's like none of it's really like any fault of his own, but it's like he's the one that has to bear the responsibility of all this stuff. So, yeah, I can see him being like a little uh, you know, a little gruff <laughs> <laughs> you know,
3: sent to jail for something he didn't do i mean you know like none of this is good um, if, if i can i'd also just want to mention his relationship or lack thereof with mary right you've got mary who just wants to be a part of a family so bad she wants kate as a sister she wants him as a father uh she's basically forgotten about her mother um and he pretty much he, he ignores her to the point of, of just i don't know if he's just afraid to get close to anyone again or or to like you said he's had here but i mean um i I just think it's you see a little bit of vulnerability in him when he is there's rare times he's interacting with her or or to a lesser extent with kate yeah i
1: mean they don't really put too much of a point on it but i do sometimes wonder if mary reminds him of her mother reminds him of her mother and so that's part of the problem is he knows what you know his wife did and so having Mary around is kind of like a reminder of that.
3: So I don't sucks know. for Mary. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It does.
1: I mean, Mary's such a sweetheart, but you know, it's. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they ever delved into that if that was you know part of the problem. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, let's talk about Sophie. Um, this is definitely our biggest CW factor. <laughs> Cause we have to have the, will they, won't they, you know, pining looks and, you know, all that kind of stuff that, you know, really I could do, you know, without, um, but, uh, uh, James, what do you think about Sophie as a character?
2: Sophie, Sophie, why am I struggling to remember who Sophie is?
1: No, the ex-girlfriend, <laughs> Kate's
2: ex-girlfriend. Oh! That's why. Um, <laughs> I mean, she was fine. Uh, like, I don't know. It it was like this weird out of place thing where it was just like, okay, like she's the girlfriend, and I was like, okay, all right, cool, that's fine, whatever. Um, and then, and like, I don't know. It's I just don't like. I don't like like weird back and forth stuff. Like, I just yeah. I, I I just I just want to watch Batwoman punch people. Like, that's that's mostly where I am here. Um, and so like, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I see, don't get me wrong. As far as the, the journey of that character, like it's a real journey, um, that many, many face and, uh, it's, it is what it is. I guess like, I, I don't, I don't have a basis of comparison. <laughs> I guess that's the problem. Um, like, I think it's interesting to, to go into that, position of you have kate who is very accepting of 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 her sexual identity like she knows i am a lesbian bam there it is i'm not ashamed of it i tell you know i tell people very openly i defend myself for it like uh you know like like unashamedly that's what she is and then you all have the juxtaposition of sophie who is on that opposite end of the spectrum of like those who have also had that fight of like, no, like I I have to abide by societal norms and I have to, um, you know, just keep my head down and I have to try to live in this space of something that I'm not comfortable in, at all. But it's the only way I can have the career I want to have. And and so what what's the sacrifice I should make? So seeing like the growth of the character is really good um seeing her eventually hit that point of like no this like like towards the end of the season coming much more into that acceptance of who she is and what her identity is um i think those are all really great things just as as a like supporting character i just don't care i just don't care about her <laughs> i think that's the problem is that i i was just like eh. like there's so many better people like that i guess that's what i didn't understand like for me i was like why is Kate like hung on this? Like, why is she still hung up on this girl? Like, like she clearly has like very different, like desires out of her life. And like, you have every opportunity to like move forward, move on, like, and, and, and just live like your life as you want to. Why are you still hung up on her? It does not make sense. But that's just me as a person. Like, I don't get hang-ups like <laughs> like that with people where I'm like, well, I guess that's a friendship over because that person sucks. I'm okay. (laughs) I'll move forward. And I just do. Uh, So maybe that's like, I lack empathy for it where I'm just like, (laughs) eh, whatever.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think my problem was that her journey was like, so like, it just felt like, well, I'm here right now. I'm married and I've got this husband and, you know, maybe, You know, I'm thinking of other things, but, you know, maybe we should work things out. And suddenly it was just like the husband was gone. Like we went from uh, maybe I want to work things out with my husband, but maybe he's having a problem, whatever, to no, we're already at, I've decided. And, you know, there was no transition you know like i'm done with him and you know there's <laughs> like five six episodes and we never saw that <laughs> right, kind of yeah it was just like it was a weird transition in the first place and then it just seemed like so we could get more heavily involved in the maybe she will get with kate maybe she won't get with kate and that's the kind of crap that i hate so much of the just you know the will they won't they and now it's like oh now she's hooked up with somebody else so now like you know kate's still going to be like oh you know
2: it's just oh I, well, I especially just... with how much time they hadn't been together at that point it was just like why have why has nobody moved on at this point like uh, i right.
1: well i mean the one thing <laughs> i like about sophie is like she's the one person that commander kane treats like a daughter <laughs> <laughs> He, he, he's he's got, a, he's got he's got three daughters basically two biological and one stepdaughter and he doesn't treat any of them like daughters really he sent kate off the military school just like you're gone you know and it's just like <laughs> alice you know he gave up on mary he's giving the cold shoulder to and it's just like but sophie like i actually feel like this is a father-daughter relationship between sophie and commander kane like i feel that and i like those moments with the two of them together and i like like the whole thing where he's like look you know like we had problems but like i know you're not crooked you know and he came to her because again he had this relationship that's kind of beyond boss and employee where you know he really trusts her and i liked all of that but it's like yeah the rest of the time I don't care about Sophie at all. She could be any random crow agent, you know. <laughs> could serve the same
4: purpose.
0: <laughs> oh
1: man.
4: So, so Adam, do you, do you agree with that, or do you think there's more to Sophie? Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head, and I'm gonna start my analysis from the Sophie from the top down. So, to pros first, and first off, her definite shining moment was the episode arc where. She uh, works up the courage to come out to her mother mm. and still ends up getting rejected, too, which sucks. But also, you know, Sophie's had, I mean, she's had good, badass moments. I couldn't name any of them, but uh, I feel like she's had them. <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, other than that, speaking of, you know, CW and, brooding with abs luke fox i mean she's she's pretty much hitting that cw trope of constant you know will they won't they because like first she's got her husband who i'm even like i have episode three muted on the tv right now and i just saw him i don't know his name either like i keep like Eddie's in my head, but I'm pretty sure that's the name of Iris's fiance. That was the <laughs> yes. ancestor of Eobard Thawne, so I'm just gonna call him like Gotham Eddie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so there's Gotham. Oh, Eddie.
1: I'm looking. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. His name is Grayston Holt. Of course
3: it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh, no, I'm sorry. Gotham that's Eddie. the actor's name. I'm sorry. That's the
1: actor's name. His name is Tyler. That's his character's name. Tyler.
2: They should have so just went any. with Grayston Holt. That would have been
1: much Yeah, better. no. It's
3: like, god, can he sound any more like <laughs> Grayson Richardson? No, they don't Nuppie. go with Grayson Holt. They call him Holt Grayston. They are probably <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's actually Tyler. So,
4: so so there's him and then there's like, oh, well they won't they again with her and Kate and then Julia Pennyworth comes out of left field, hooks up with Kate real quick and then is just dating Sophie. It's just like you know I also watch the show Legacies as well, and you know it the whole relationship dynamics stuff they could do with that. It's the exact same as Batwoman. I'm just like like okay i mean i I mean, I'm glad like the show has you know more representation than just you know Kate's the only lesbian and a whole crew of you know hetero folks all around, but it's just like you know she's kind of being treated as just oh just the object of affection who has her badass moments yeah when supergirl is the more mature show
1: (laughs) (laughs) with its relationships you might want to take a look at what you're doing Uh um and I mean by how they're handling Alex in Supergirl. Oh uh. because cause Kara, yeah, Kara's still, yeah. But they just they have just dealt with that by like not giving Kara love interest anymore, which is probably the right move. But
4: yeah, anyway. R.I.P. r.i.p Dean Kane second DC run.
3: Yeah. All right. Um yeah, so Ryan, what do you think about Sophie? Oh yeah, uh, Katie Cassidy was great in the role. I mean, uh, uh, Megan Tandy. (laughs) But but I mean, okay, so like, yeah, I I feel what you're saying here, Nathan, and I agree. It's like they had a box to fill. You know, we need the X possible future love interest um, because reasons, at least with in in Arrow and in Flash and so forth, it's because the comics kind of dictated that. Here, it doesn't even feel like, again i'm not familiar with the comics so i don't know if this character exists in any form but it just feels like a no this just feels like they had a box to check and on a cw uh, you know to do list um i having said that i do agree that she shines when when we see her struggle with her identity um but that's that's really about it i don't see that the character has any other purpose yep
1: just there for the dorama Um, All right, so let's talk about Alice. We've all wanted to talk about Alice this whole time, so let's get over there. (laughs) Um, I didn't think I was going to like Alice in the beginning, and uh, oh my God, did she grow on me over the course of the show to where I'm like, this is the reason to watch it. (laughs) And it's kind of (laughs) why I'm glad COVID interfered, because I'm wondering if the original season one wouldn't have had her die at the end, and now with them having to rejuggle everything... I'm wondering if that's going to give Alice a lease on life to continue on as a character, you know, for longer. But I mean, I don't know. It could be that she ends up dying in season two. Maybe that was never their plan for season one. I don't know, but uh, it just seems like at some point it all has to come to a head with Alice. If Kate was her adversary. Um, But, uh, but of course that's all going to change up. So, um, Ryan thoughts on Alice.
3: Yeah. Uh, okay. So I've been, uh, Rachel Scarson, uh, I think. Um, I've been a fan of hers. I was team Tamsen all the way on Lost Girl. So uh, when I saw she was cast in this, um, that was like, I, I wasn't on the fence before. I was going to watch it because <laughs> CW comic book show. But then it's like, I really wanted to watch it. Um, and she hasn't disappointed. Uh, she steals every scene she's in, um, whether it's pathos, you know, about the, the horrors that she suffered, or it's manic, you know, insanity when she's killing or torturing someone, you really can't take your eyes off of her. Uh, her performance is just great. And and I think in a way, maybe that's what uh, Ruby Rose is doing. She's giving everyone kind of a flat board to, to play off of. Mm. Um, and uh, it works perfectly. I, I agree with you that maybe the short season has given them a chance to reevaluate uh, the character and maybe do something different with her. I, but at the same time, I, I worry because Typically, in these CW shows, the villain is like, you know, one season and done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very rare, like, like you're saying, that they, they go on. But I feel like this character is such an integral part of everyone's life history that they need her in some capacity. The downside to that is that usually involves, you know, the uh, redemption arc and then the back into evil arc and then the re redemption arc. <laughs> and that, that's, that's what I'm worried about in here. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah no i mean but they've they every time they seemed like they were going that way like she's come back you know, even crazy. more crazy yeah <laughs> crazier than ever so i mean it's of course of course having seen like you know how uh, how arkham operates you know it's like oh well there's no wonder you know yeah <laughs> you know? if you weren't crazy
3: before <laughs> right, exactly.
2: Um, <laughs> <sighs> uh, james thoughts on alice i love alice um i think part of the problem is overall I found Alice to be the most compelling character and when that's more so than your lead um that's a problem like they shouldn't have called it Batwoman they should have just called it Allison Gotham um or some <laughs> variation thereof I mean I wanted to go for the obvious in Wonderland but I was like nah it's a little too on the on the head but uh yeah no I think I think I I don't I don't like to be the guy who makes that like actor to actor comparison but I think out of everybody on that show she's the powerhouse like she portrays the character really well i like the portrayal of alice in how it's representative of mental health issues um and the fact that like she a she is a victim of what were her circumstances but also she understands that like she's very aware that she was the victim of those circumstances and that it has broken her um but she fully embraces the 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 psychological fiction in her mind that has been created that leads her to do horrible things um and that it is a means to an end like her desire to get her sister back like like because it is that initial like you left me kind of thing um and there's a little bit of blame there and it's like no no we tried and then it's like okay well now you need to be like me well you are like me you just don't know it let me show you how you are so we can go back to being sisters because that's really at the core of of beth for a long period of the show that's all she wants she wants her sister back. Like the same as Kate wants her sister back. The problem is, is both of them want different versions of the, of each other back. Um, so it creates like the eternal conflict. Um, I think when we see her actually uh, come in as the alternate universe version of herself as Beth, as, you know, I grew up just fine. I had my family and my parents and or I, I, I had dad, I had you, you know, mom was a tragedy, but I'm pretty well adjusted. Uh, you know, I, I have a degree in astrophysics and like all this, like, I think the, it just showed how much gravity the actress has, like how far she can go in her range to go from, I can play an absolute delusional psychopath and then in the same stroke, like totally same. Perfectly normal. Uh, and it, it, And I think the thing is, it's like, it, for actors, it is a little hard to go back and forth between those th- two things, typically, depending on, I guess, how method one actor may, may become. If you're Jared Leto, it won't happen at all. Um, <laughs> so, so I think, yeah, like, I, it was one of those where I was just like, man, this character 100% feels like Kate's version Batwoman's version of the Joker without being the Joker, without falling into that diatribe of just like, I'm chaos for chaos' sake. There is an actual motivation behind the character. So I just, I loved her. I thought she was hands down one of the best villains. Probably out of all the DC shows, she's hands down one of the best villains that they've probably created across all of them.
1: Here's part of the genius of what they've done with Alice is that the whole time kate was like beth is in there beth is in there beth is in there and i've got to work to save beth and kate gives up on her just as you find out that that's what alice has always wanted is that she wants kate to you know com, you know to 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 keep working at it because of how what happened and everything like yeah, it's like, like save she, she, yes yeah, you need to save me and then it's like and even to the point like when given a choice kate makes the decision not you you know oh and, and that, that was broke my heart. that was hard to watch you know, I mean, I totally get Kate's decision, but at the same time, you know, I mean, having to make that decision is horrible. But, um, you know, that, that you know, it was hard watching for Alice, you know, and watching from her point of view of, you know, her sister giving up on her again. Oh my yeah. God. And so it's like she now, so we went from she was not justified in the things she was doing to where you're kind of getting to where it's like you sort of start to see like, why she's got an axe to grind because like she was coming you know she was you know her she had another chance with her sister and then the sister still in her mind gave up on her you know it's it's oh my god it's it it was it was hard and yeah
2: I didn't I didn't cry for Kate's decision I cried for Beth's loss Uh, and like that's like that's where the emotional grip was and and Mm -hmm. that again i think it just speaks mountains to this actress's portrayal of this character like she's done such a great job with it
1: no um adam what do you how do you feel
4: about alice um well i'd just like to apologize to uh tom hiddleston because rachel scarston is alice like somehow even was just like the loki of the dc universe but even better
1: (laughs) I'm sure that uh, Tom Hiddleston is now upset.
4: Oh, yeah. And and in fact, I mean, if... He's a regular listener. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, he, he listens to all the shows. But, uh, I mean, shoot, if they're going to have a different Batwoman, I mean, if Alice got her own spinoff show, I would not be mad at all. Mm. I don't know how they'd do it, but, I mean, they pulled off a solo Joker movie, so... I'm sure they'll figure something out. With, hey, it's got to be better than Once Upon a Time in Wonderland.
1: <laughs> but
4: <anyway>. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I say this is a Once Upon a Time fan.
4: That spinoff was awful. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. And, you know, may, maybe less of the CW drama tropes. Yeah.
3: No, that's true. I don't true. see
4: how they could... I don't see how they could fit brooding abs or constant. <laughs> well, they won't. They in a show like that. Yeah.
3: You know yeah. what? Somewhere CW is going. Challenge accepted.
4: Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Berlanti>. so, did,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so did anyone else see her killing mouse?
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, no, I saw it coming too. Once he was like, "Hey, we got a good thing going," and she was like, nee. "I was like, oh god, she's gonna end up killing him."
4: Yeah, I do have a question. Uh, going back to earlier, when uh, Kate had to choose between Multiverse Beth and Alice, like when when Alice came back to life, like I know awkward moment is probably an understatement. But <laughs> is there was is there like an even more awkward moment in Gotham's history than that? Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know. I uh, I'd be hard pressed to find one. <laughs>
2: I don't think a simple, ooh, my bad, is yeah. going to, like, <laughs> walk you out of that. No,
1: so, no, uh, actually, I pick you. I pick you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, uh, hey, twin sister. How is your five seconds of afterlife?
1: <laughs> oh, man.
4: Want to get to jitters?
1: Yeah, I – uh it was kind of sad watching Mouse's arc, too, because he was so – Dependent on Alice. Like everything was, he had wrapped his whole world in with her. And it was interesting that the fear toxin made him see Alice as the problem. But then once it wore off, he was back to being in that subservient role. I mean, he seemed a little more keen on just, you know, ending everything than he had been before. But otherwise, he still came back to where he was just doing what she wanted and listening to what she said. But until that moment when he was going to do the thing that everybody's done and leave her then that was it. She wasn't going to take that anymore. And, uh, you know, it's, it's again, I mean, the sadness of this character is just like, I mean, it, obviously she's, she's doing it to herself now where she's just doing all these things that are just causing everyone to want to leave her. But at the same time though, the sadness for her is like when she was a child, none of the, none of the baggage that started her on this track was her fault. And then she's sort of gotten to this point now where everybody's leaving her. And uh, again, that was, that was a really hard thing to watch when she poisoned Mouse. Um, so yeah, um, talking about the series as a whole now, um, was there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? Um, James,
2: Mm. Mm. um, oh, uh, Miss Penny's Worth, yeah, she was fine, I don't know. (laughs) I don't, I don't i don't know yeah, that i, I have was too like much alfred has a daughter i didn't know that i know i was just like like it kind of came out of left field and i was like oh okay and then it was just like oh like i worked for you know british secret intelligence and like all this and i was like okay so you went off and became a super spy okay that kind of checks out with you know your father's entire background as you know being like s uh, 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 I want to say SOS. I know that's wrong, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was just like, okay. And then uh, it's like I, it's clear that they're trying to build up to something with with that character, as far as the story into season two. But mm-hmm. I was like, but after yeah, the announcement, uh, <laughs> I was just like, are they still gonna go there, or are they just gonna rehash everything and just go, yeah, no, it's just like clean slate now, guys. Uh, we just nope. Yeah. I I deliberately
1: skipped talking about her just because I feel like she she's the C, she's also part of the CW factor right because it's like she's in there because she has like a background where she was seeing kate and then they can hook up and then she can hook up with kate's ex because then that's another way of doing the oh you know i like both of these people but now they're seeing each other and yada yada and it's just like okay i mean maybe this whole thing where she owes this mob boss like a favor or whatever will go somewhere but I don't know. I, I just really haven't been feeling it with Julia. I mean, I think the actress is probably I'm, well, not probably I think the actress is a little more charismatic uh, than Sophie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, other than that, like I'm not, there's, doesn't seem to be a whole lot of like call for her or purpose for her yet
2: right well i was gonna say uh uh, and this is a horrible segue uh (laughs) unless we're absolutely just trying to get away from her um so (laughs) i was gonna say i mentioned it towards the beginning when we were talking about the moment for me that like this struck the court as batwoman it was one very specific scene and it was like later in the season and it was like all the all the like there were a bunch of like mob guys and they were doing like some sort of like trade deal or whatever around a bunch of industrial like steel crates and everything. And suddenly, like it's kind of foggy out. It's night. Everything's wet because you know it's Gotham. Everything's always wet. Um, <laughs> well, Star City was the same way. Exactly. <laughs> so, and so because it's like the
1: same. It's the same neighborhood in Vancouver where they're filming it. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: Well, and so what happens <laughs> is like. Uh, there's a noise and like so a couple of the guys turn around and they're like what was that and then you just see like the bat grappling hook like come out and like grab the one guy and pull him back into the fog um, and then just like a small scuffle and then he's gone and everybody's like oh no and I was like oh yeah this is Batwoman this is what I want this is what I want Prey <laughs> on the fear and crush your enemies <laughs> Like, and it was just so perfect like at the end of the whole scene I was just like where was this all season like where was any of this all season like all the time she's like i'm on my way on a motorcycle very obvious i'm on my way she just drops into a pretty decently lit like alley and i was just like i don't feel any of that batman kind of vibe from her where it's just like no i just showed up out of the dark and nobody saw me like jim gordon's constantly having a heart attack because he's just like oh god you're there oh geez okay listen there's a problem and then he starts going on his diatribe and then he turns around and batman's gone like none of those like essences <laughs> were there consistently for me until that moment and i was like here's where the show hit its stride but <laughs> we have like four episodes left till the end so yay <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: uh ryan any elements that uh, you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked
3: about yet um yeah no no not really (laughs) okay i feel like uh yeah it's it's kind of all been gone over with um uh, i feel i feel julia was great for a walk on and walk off but kind of making her a semi series regular just didn't make any sense to me
1: yeah no i agree with that as the one off when they first had her come in that was fine yeah um adam uh anything that you wanted to talk about any elements before we jump to the
4: uh the ruby rose uh controversy uh, I mean other than what I've pretty much said in the Sophie section which pretty much said most of everything I think about Julie I mean I think you know good actress characters definitely got potential to do more things than just be you know CW drama bait and yeah let's talk
1: about Ruby We're like that's this is the big shocker is once the season was over Ruby Rose released a statement saying that she wasn't, oh no, I think they, the, there was a press release first saying that that she would not be returning. Then she took to Twitter and just said, like, look, like nobody's really said the reasons. There's been a lot of speculation about why, you know, some people said it was because of her injury. Some people have said it's because of the grueling schedule that she wasn't really prepared for. And, you know, I mean, regardless of the reason, you know, she's out as Batwoman. And they've taken the uh, tack of going with, instead of just recasting Kate Kane with a different actress, they've decided to write her character. So just like Bruce, now two Bat people have mysteriously disappeared from Gotham, and now it's going to be a completely new person who is not based on anyone from the comics, will become the new Batwoman. now one of the things that they said about this decision was that that they didn't want to erase a uh you know an lbgtq hero by um by like killing her off um you know the character um and so that's why they're kind of taking this tack but i still think well, wait a minute, recasting wouldn't have erased her either. So I'm still kind of confused why they think this is the better idea. Because I think this is just going to create all kinds of... I don't know. I think this is going to really like create a lot of craziness on the show. If It's like you know batwin was only around for a year and now she's already somebody else and uh it's legacy where there doesn't need to be legacy i don't know i i just how is she going to form the relationships with everybody and have it feel like it makes sense and uh, uh, so anyway i come down on the thing of they they should recast in this situation but i'm kind of curious how everybody feels about this um, we'll start with you this time adam do you think that they should have recast or do you think that coming up with a new characters the better you know idea or you know how you know what do you think about how they're handling this
4: yeah I mean recasting works just fine I mean ask Don Cheadle and I mean I don't because I think establishing a new character as Batwoman in the second season that's just I mean maybe they can make it work but that just sounds like that'll muddle things up a little too and we're probably going to get some Explanations that just seem a little bit far fetched. Yeah, I
1: mean, it would make sense to me only if, like, Ruby Rose like had something where she was only going to be gone for a year and then was going to come back. So you have like a placeholder character until she comes back. But you know, it does not seem like that's the thing. This doesn't seem like a temporary leave of absence. This seems like a oh, she's done with it kind of thing. So that's why I'm really confused why they think this is the better way to go with it. Um,
4: yeah, because it would have been cool if, uh, you know, they get somebody full time and then, you know, Kate Kane comes back for like crossovers and what have you, because she is also, you know, in theory going to be part of the alleged new CW Justice League, whatever comes of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the, it screws up
1: everything like, like, yeah. So, like, she was, she's a founding member of the Justice League that doesn't even get to go on, like, their first mission. She's also <laughs> supposed to be the Paragon of Courage, but now she's got, like, but then she runs away, right? Like, the Paragon of Courage is like, I'm out, you know? Things are getting <laughs> too hot in Gotham, and it's just like, oh, okay, really? Yeah, like, okay, really? bye. <laughs> just recast, and then it, all that stuff could still work because it's supposed to be the same character. It's just a different actress. And frankly, I don't think that she had enough impact in the role You know, like I said, like, she never had, like, so much charisma that it's like, if you just threw somebody else in there, I don't think that it would be like, oh, man, like, it just doesn't work anymore. The relationships, you know, don't work. Like, the only one I'd be concerned about is the Alice, which that's the one thing I think Kate worked, like, uh, Ruby and uh, rachel did such a good job together with the those scenes between the two of them that would be the only chemistry i would be worried that like a different actress wouldn't be able to recreate but i think with everyone else it would be pretty easy for somebody to come in if they're a decent actress and and take over um but uh yeah yeah um Uh, okay so james what do you think about this do you think that recasting would be a better move or do you like what they're doing with doing a new person what do you think
2: i think they're running a really big risk a really big risk with running a new person i mean i've seen uh, the, the thing is i think if you just recast the role it's a way safer bet um and as you said i don't really understand the nuances of what they're trying to say of like well it would erase it it doesn't it's the same character it's the exact same character nothing changes you might get a little bit of a different different performance um or a lot of a different performance um and that could be good or it could be bad uh but for sure you at least have a chance of things being salvageable especially with the mythos that's now being been built Um, the things that they've done with the crossover is said, like, uh, I don't know. I just, I think they're taking a really big shot on something that has a lot of potential to fail, Especially, as said, with, like, all the relationships that have been created. It's like, how do you suddenly create relationships? Like, there has to be some super creative writing. And I just don't know that the CW has it. Because (laughs) I just haven't seen it in any other show. I haven't seen them do something so compelling where I'm like, wow. Like, this is, man... Like let's get nominated for an Emmy or something. Like come on. Like I I <laughs> haven't seen that out of any. Of you. Like it's like this is a lot of this is entertainment and it is flat entertainment that that like I am entertained. Don't get me wrong. Is one of the only shows that they have that probably has some of the best writing in it is black lightning. And it's like, maybe you guys need to go over there and source some writers to try to make this work really well. Cause yeah, I just, I don't see how they're going to succeed in it. Um, in a clear, clear way. Um, I don't like it. I just, I, uh, yeah, I don't like it. It's one of those where it's just like, man. And, and, and I had so many issues with her leaving where I was just like, I was like, you didn't know it was going to be hard. Have you, <laughs> did you just never talk to like Stephen Amel or literally any of the other leads for any of the other shows to be like, Hey, what's it like to be the lead of a drama series on the CW? Um, All
1: right. I'm going to give a pass on that one though. Cause until you do like, you might think you're ready until you actually do it, you don't know for sure. Like I just couldn't take it. I was tired all the time. Whatever. I mean, if you've never had to do it before, I don't know how you could know. Like for sure. Okay.
2: (laughs) <laughs> she did john wick that's some of the hardest choreography i've ever seen and she did it quite fine i was just like uh i mean yeah, yeah but me that's wrong. not
1: I, like the 18 hour days seven days that's a fair. week tw- that's you know fair. like yeah 30, 40 weeks out of the yeah, usually at a night year, yeah you know a movie is like yeah you've got some intense weeks but it's usually not like you know
2: well, and I don't want to be Three the guy who's just like, hey, if you have like weird medical, like, like if you've had some medical problems and stuff, like maybe stay away from an action series. But at the same time, I'm kind of like – you've had like you you've had a lot of like spinal problems and stuff like that is well noted for her and so it's just like hopping into an action series like i i could see why it'd be like it was really long it was tiresome it was cumbersome i was kind of and because of it like i wasn't treating the crew or other people the way i wish i could have been treating them like if that was the case it was just like Okay, then, like, uh, but to go through a whole full season is what killed. Um, Because it's just like, well, now we have this established character you can't just like like it's hard to just walk away from that I think I don't know
1: well we don't, don't. know what the aftermath of her back surgery was either or the right. back or neck I can't remember but she she damaged her spine during the the making of this season so you know like she could be in intense pain like all the time now we don't know
2: oh yeah like, well and even prior to this show she she's had a history of like having like uh, back issues and things like that um, from other things that she's done I guess pre previously uh from my understanding so like i said i could understand like if, if if it was a lot of those things factoring into it and everything like i totally get it it's just one of those where i'm like god i wish you'd made that decision like halfway through the season so we could just like <laughs> so we could have got to the crossover and then we could have just gotten a different batwoman from another multiverse easy right in problem solved
1: <laughs> yeah there's yeah. probably something contractual that would have kept her from getting out in the middle of the season Damn
2: you, CW.
3: <laughs> All right,
1: Ryan, what do you think about uh, how they're handling her leaving?
3: Well, I mean, part of me is hoping it's a fake out. You know, I think mm. uh, we were talking about that during the Flash um, podcast um, and that, yeah, they're they're doing this and she's taking some time off and she's going to be back for, you know, at the end of season two for season three or something like that. Mm. I doubt that's the case. That's literally best case scenario. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, I'm hoping for that uh i'm trying i was thinking about it and i was trying to think of any show that recast the lead after one season and was a success and i can only think of one show off the top of my head and it was the show that ironically enough i stopped watching after the first season because they recast the lead and uh that was babylon 5 Mm. and um but
1: that wasn't a recast that was a new character
3: yeah well that's i'm sorry that's what i meant when they replaced the yeah 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 yeah. um you know it's from uh sinclair to sheridan um Mm. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, so I agree that I, I kind of feel like the safer bet would have been to recast. I kind of wish they had recast, but maybe it's a fake out. Maybe they've got some clever idea that they want to explore. And another part of me is thinking, what if, <laughs> what if we do? Like I was saying, we all love Alice. What if somehow Beth becomes the new Batwoman? You know, she's redeemed somehow. Maybe it is uh, uh, something to do with, um, uh, you know, uh, an alternate version of her or or some such. I mean, I could kind of get behind that. Uh, I know they're casting. For a character that's supposed to be the new batwoman but maybe that's a fake out as well. I, I guess I just don't feel like I know enough about
1: any of this. <laughs> I love, I love that you think that there's like Machiavellian plans going on over at Berlanti, where they're just like, yes, yes, we are going to make them think it's this, but it's really something else. Like I think, like <laughs> they can't even get a straightforward script right to do like layers of you know of misdirection. Like that's a whole level beyond what's I think that they're capable.
3: <laughs> Give me this Nathan. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only other example I can think of off the top of my head, I mean, the show was successful in that it lasted 5 seasons, uh is Earth Final Conflict where they replaced the main character after season 1 with a different character.
3: Yeah, that's right. And that's another one I stopped watching after one season because and, they replaced the main right, character. Right, yeah, no, <laughs> believe me,
1: it did not get better. I, I watched four of the five seasons. I, I finally gave up with the fifth season. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, the first season was the best season, and it was ridiculous that they got rid of him. But, anyway, um, whereas I think the opposite with Babylon 5. I think getting rid of Sinclair was the best move they made. Um, but, uh, yeah, all right. Um, so, uh, two final questions here. Uh, first question is, Given as it was, you know, season one being what it was, would you recommend this show to someone else? Um, James, let's start with you.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I would. Um, and I say that purely on the basis of Alice. Uh, I've already recommended it uh, on that basis alone uh, i've, I've, I've sh- and and that's what I send people going into it with as I go. so, you may or may not like the lead character of Batwoman, but if there's any reason at all to like stick with it, it's like root for the villain. Like the, vill- <laughs> the villain in this is fantastic. Like it's super well done. Um, the representation of like mental health issues and things like that is super well done. Um, there's a lot more possibility for the show, I think. Um, and I hope that that happens, but yeah, I'd still I'd still
3: recommend it to people.
1: All right Ryan?
3: i I feel like it depends what you're on the person I'm if you're looking for flash legends of tomorrow, no, but if you like the arrow, then yes, I think this is definitely uh in, in the arrow mode mold of um CW superhero shows and I would warn you give it a few episodes like any new series, let it find its uh, its feet um but by and large if you like yeah I mean I, I feel like it's kind of a loaded question right because I feel like um That people, honestly, I feel like there was a lot of people wanting this show to fail from the get-go. You know, it had good ratings and good uh, showing from the beginning, but people were, everyone online was about how terrible it was. And I was watching it, and I was like, "It's okay, it's not bad. I like it. It's got potential. I'm, I'm sticking around." But everyone was just trashing it, and I think there was just this real desire to see uh, a Berlanti show fail. So I would, yeah, I would definitely recommend it, especially if you like Arrow.
1: Okay and uh Adam what do you think or how would you recommend it
4: yeah I would and I would recommend it <clears throat> I mean if you know if I'm recommending it to somebody that I know already watches sort of darkish shows that you know need some time to build then I would but forever but as you know a whole blanket recommendation to people I would definitely put Alice as my selling point I mean that's you know that's why I still find Suicide Squad watchable simply because of Harley Quinn and also why, you know, the earlier Thor movies are watchable because of Loki. I mean, because the villain is so amazing and charismatic. Like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I would also say there are other characters and things about the show that, you know, they can find for themselves that they enjoy. But yeah, Alice is definitely the strongest selling point to that yeah i'd agree
1: with you on that one it's 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 yeah alice would definitely be the thing that i would talk up uh talking about this show to other people i think it's quite possibly the weakest of the berlanti shows um especially for a first season um but i do think that they're definitely going in the right direction the last few episodes i think have been fairly good um and so you know looking at it as a you know i mean it's been years since i've seen arrow season one so maybe ryan's right about that one maybe i would feel differently if i was i watched arrow season one uh, but i just feel like arrow it took like five episodes to hit its stride and it took batwoman like 15 16 episodes to hit its stride um but uh you know it's it's definitely going in the right direction alice is great um i love you know what they've done with tommy elliott and sort of the cliffhanger we were left with even though it wasn't intended to be a cliffhanger and that's going to dovetail into my final question um so so yeah but but to answer the question of whether or not i'd recommend it um I, I don't think this would be my first recommendation to people. If people were out and out Batman fans or were fans of sort of the darker superhero f- affair, this, I would recommend this. If someone was already into the CW stuff, they're probably already watching it, but I'd probably recommend somebody start with one of the other CW shows first. Um, unless they were just like gung ho into just Batman or uh, were more about gritty or darker uh, kind of material. But even then I'd probably recommend watching Arrow first. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, final question. What would you like to see in Season 2 of Batwoman? Um, Let's start with you this time, Adam.
4: Um, Well, some sort of continuation or proper conclusion with the whole Hush thing. Uh, Because, you know, we've waited how long since he showed up in, uh, of course, the Hush graphic novel to finally get a live action on screen thing and I have thoughts separately about the hush animated movie that's we can throw to later but yeah things with hush and of course hopefully as as long as the uh all the supporting the main supporting characters you know commander kane mary luke alice i'll continue on then i'll be happy there's a sort of organization that Batwoman fights in at least the rebirth comic called the many Arms of Death which really gets into uh, Kate's backstory it seems very Kate centric but it, you know could be sort of you know rewritten and CWized for the TV show to make it make sense for the new person that I would also like to see
1: yeah. Um... I just realized that I didn't mention when we were talking about the recasting that the other thing that kind of disturbs me is like I've read the character description for the new character and oh man does it sound bad because it's like she's like a ditzy klutzy girl that's going to be like like she's, she's also a lesbian just like Kate. Hey you know so that's why they're saying it's not like erasure or anything like that but like other than that it's like yeah she's kind of ditzy and klutzy and isn't really good but she you know she has like some sort of natural like affinity for fighting and whatever and i'm like this character sounds like it's just awful right you know like like it's they're definitely doing a different kind of character but like i don't want ditzy klutzy goofy batwoman like it doesn't sound very good um so yeah i'm a little worried uh, about where they're going with this but um (laughs) james what what do you want to see in season two
2: um i definitely want to see more alice um for sure like that's a character i think is just well worth keeping around um Just because she is such a good villain. Even if it's like she does kind of take on that Joker-esque character for even the next Batwoman. Because I could see where they could do some character drive of just like, but you're not Kate. You're not my sister, and I need her. Um, And so it's that drive to, like, destroy this Batwoman to potentially get sister back kind of thing. So that would be cool. Um, I would like to see... Kate's dad's smile. That'd be great. (laughs) Um, uh, Beyond that, like, I want to see more of the other characters. Like, uh, because they they are, like, at this point, like, I'm more involved in their storylines than anything else. And so it's just like, I want those storylines to somehow continue on. I want to find a way to make that successful um, in in whatever capacity that is. Um, So I I hope they can can make it all work out um, because that would be great. Um, Otherwise, I will just hope for the green arrow and the canaries to actually happen.
1: <laughs> of course, the other thing is we don't even know how they're gonna be allowed to film in Vancouver, like what the, like the regulations are gonna be. It's like I still have fears of everyone in their own separate green screen and then just pasted together like in some sort of like digital editing software. It's like a giant
2: supercut every right, single episode. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's like the fights are gonna look like garbage because they're just kicking at air and punching at it air. And it's just like we paste them together so that they <laughs> they look like they're in the same room together
3: yeah anyway uh, ryan what, what do you
1: want to see in season two
3: well you know i mean besides a, a conclusion to season one um right but this is
1: this is my argument though do we need to or can we just like parlay that into
3: this is now a whole season arc i mean you know maybe uh it's, everything is up in the air now right so right. like i would like for them if if they had an idea for the end, how the end of season one to, to wrap up, and they can either weave that into season two, or um, yeah, maybe push it to the end of season two and just carry on. That's an idea. Uh, I, but I just want, I don't want there to be that jarring uh, feel, like you know, we've got three episodes at the front end of season two um, that belonged in season one, and then there's just this weird loss. But you know, but that's but this is this is got to be unique because you've got we've lost episodes because of a disease, we've lost the main actress, the lead, because whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, it's you you there's nothing to compare this to. I hope that they managed to get what they wanted to do in season one done, but also take advantage of this opportunity with Ruby Rose leaving. If something wouldn't have worked, if they knew that at the time, you know what I mean. So maybe they can work that into it I, I want i want them to be able to make it make sense uh because we did one season already where we had a character evolve and grow into batwoman it seems to do it again this soon this fast it's just redundant like we, we had to deal with ruby or with kate becoming batwoman now we're gonna have to deal with this other character becoming batwoman um so they have to do it in a way that i think is entertaining i could almost see them spending half the season Having pretending other people are Batwoman, I can see uh, Julia putting on the cowl, you know, for an episode or two. I can see even Mary uh, being suiting up in an emergency once or twice, because they need to convince the city, they need to convince Gotham that Batwoman is still there when they've got no idea where she is or or what happened to her. And so they're they're just uh, throwing everything and seeing what sticks. Until finally, towards the end of the season, we've got someone who they've been building all season long can step into the cowl.
1: I think you're giving them more credit than I think they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure
3: I am. <laughs> that sounds that sounds pretty good. I have this bad feeling by the end of episode one, we've got the new person in the cow. <laughs> well, okay. Then here's the other thing I want, which I, I think could make it work and kind of do a little bit of retconning for um, the Arrowverse is uh, bring in um, Talia and let her mm. do the training.
1: Mm. You know. Ooh, that's not bad.
3: Yeah. Although, you know, at this rate,
1: I feel like doing Flashpoint 2.0 would be a better idea than what they've, <laughs> <laughs> they're putting out there. The Flash <laughs> just runs back in time. Up, suddenly we got a new Battleman. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not the worst idea. <laughs> <laughs> Barry. But, <yeah. laughs> Damn it, Barry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, I think that now they've been handed an opportunity because most likely you know hush and alice would have been defeated at the end of the two episodes that they had and i think honestly now that kate is out so we no longer have a wayne relative you know around i think having a fake bruce is actually brilliant like it's gonna work way better because kate Would have been like, this is not Bruce. But now, with there being no Kate, there's no one to call foul on this. And so now we've got a villain who suddenly commands, you know, uh, the Wayne financial empire, you know, and, and can do like a lot of stuff with that. And so I think now, like, Hush, instead of what was probably like a two episode arc. Of him, like you know, trying to to seize you know everything, and then being defeated by Kate, we now could potentially have a whole season of his machinations, and to have Alice as part of that. And I think what James suggested—that's exactly what I want to see. Alice is going to be pissed that there's a new Batwoman, and I want to see that be like kind of her motivation is I've got to destroy this person because you're not Kate, and I want Kate back, and maybe this will draw her out. And that would be the way of at least trying to create some sort of relationship between them. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we at least get a full season with Alice and Hush as sort of our main uh, bad you know, adversaries out of the season. And I feel like you need that almost as continuity now because the new Batwoman will have no backstory with. So actually keeping your villains as the continuity and keeping your support characters will allow you know her to have like an entree you know into everything and if they just like defeat them in two episodes and then it's like a new set of villains you know it'll and i think i think it'll be a little bit harder going um especially when rachel scarston is so good <laughs> don't get rid of her people <laughs> so yeah yeah that's my hope anyway i mean we'll see what they do um i mean that's gonna screw up everything too because like they were gonna (sighs) have like remember like they weren't gonna do a big crossover this coming year they were just gonna do like a small one between batwoman and superman and lois and now it's like now this new batwoman has no connections to anybody so i don't even know if they're still going to try to do a crossover or if they're going to try to use that as the way of getting her you know to meet some of the more of the aeroverse people and it's just cutting all those ties that kate had gained in crisis uh it just hurts
3: <laughs> it's gonna make everything awkward uh all right well yeah yeah i mean we could have had that joke uh, had they recast you know car going you look different did you change your hair just something like that (laughs) oh
1: oh oh that actually reminds me though since when is kryptonite like the hardest substance ever and it can pierce like the bat suit and so we need to create a kryptonite but like once they started doing that i was like why in the world are you making kryptonite like the thing that they need to take it already is the thing that you need to take out superman or supergirl why do you need Kryptonite to take out Batman or Bat. Well, I I hated that. I thought that was so stupid. Because we need catch-alls for right? everything. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I thought it was such a dumb thing to bring up. Uh, I don't know. Does anyone think
3: that was a good idea? Nope. Okay. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think I saw what they were going for. And I was like, oh, okay. It, you know, <laughs> D for Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
2: well, because yeah, in that moment I was just like, "What do you guys think that that suit is made out of? That it is absolutely impenetrable. Yeah, it weighs nothing. <laughs> like there isn't technology on this world for that. Like, ugh. yeah, yeah,
1: I I had I struggled with that one. Not miserable yeah. anyway. All right, but all right, guys, I think we've talked enough about Batwoman. Um, hesitantly looking forward to season two, but a little worried because i just feel like recasting would have solved so many problems um it'll
2: either work or it'll be terrible
1: (laughs) i mean it's definitely bad that she's leaving it's definitely bad that ruby rose is leaving but since we can't you know they they have no control over that so um i I feel like recasting (laughs) (laughs) well well, yeah, they can send like the 12 truck, you know, truckloads of cash over to her yard that they sent for Steven and Mel to get him to do season eight. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a crossover or you can have Ruby Rose. Take your uh, kid. Right, right. <laughs> Maybe that would have changed your mind. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, James, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you online.
2: Yeah, uh, as always, it's great to have people listening to uh, my opinions on things that aren't actually important. I guess, but um, if you <laughs> hey, want to, <laughs> how dare you! This show is very important. <laughs> <laughs> but if people want to find out what I'm doing, um, I did take a little hiatus here over the last few weeks, Um in, in response and respect to um, a lot of what's been going on, um, you know, recently uh, with with uh, you know, the world and all that. So uh, I just, I'm not going to try to dive into it at the moment, but um, I do have a number of uh, episodes that are ready. So you can follow my podcast. Um, uh, I'm on Spotify, Google, hopefully iTunes soon, a number of other like places, um, but you guys can uh, find me out there. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Facebook,
3: iTunes, Roman on the rocks. That's where you'll find me.
1: All right. And Ryan, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
3: Well, yeah. uh, I will never say goodbye to the internet, especially now as I'm going to be uh, hunkering down and uh, burying myself in in the city of Houston, um, not showing myself to the light of day for a little while, except to go to work. Um, So find me online, find me uh, on Facebook, on the Twitters, um i don't know that i'll reply a lot going on but uh if you really want my attention just say something that you're absolutely wrong about and i'm I'm sure i will catch that and tell you
4: (laughs) all right and adam why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you you can find me on uh the thunder talk podcast you can find that wherever you can find fine eso podcasts and you can find me on my solo show, The Ring of Thunder, on the Coattails of Thunder Talk. And find a Thunder Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can find me personally at Thunder Talk Thor also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: All right. Well, Adam, James, and Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And that's it for our Batwoman episode. So what did you think? You can let us know in a variety of ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another one is to leave us feedback at facebook.com 42cast. Another way is to tweet to us at 42cast or to go to our brand new Instagram at 42cast. You can also go to our website at 42cast.com and leave us feedback on any episode there. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. Really, the Apple Podcast thing, if that's what you're using to listen to the 42 cast, please, please, please rate us. That is a big help. It is something that will help to promote the show, and I'd really, really appreciate it if you did it. But beyond that, I also want to let you know about the ESO Patreon, patreon.com slash ESO Network. It's a way to support all the shows on the network. It gives you access to exclusive content, early content, depending on the tier and all that kind of stuff. But you can read all about that if you go to the website. So do that if you've got any funds, even if it's as small as a dollar to contribute. Every little bit helps. So yeah, check that out. I'm not really sure what's up next for me as far as cons or anything of that nature. Uh, Of course, the interview with Skylar Samuels is coming up in a few episodes and I'm very excited about that. But otherwise, it's just kind of a wait-and-see, wait-and-see how long it takes COVID, you know, for us to get COVID vaccines and everything else, for the cons to come back. I know that the back half of 2021 is now really booked up because so many cons that are normally in the first half of the year booked their cons for the second half of the year, so it's kind of going to be jam-packed, and I'm wondering if that's going to hurt a lot of them financially. But I also understand with them losing 2020, That they don't want to risk losing 2021 also. So they're in kind of a bad situation there as well. Kind of like how movie theaters are right now. I am excited for Wonder Woman 84 coming out soon. And that is something where we are going to record an episode within a few weeks of it coming out. It's not necessarily going to be right away. But we'll get an episode out on that fairly soon after the movie comes out. Might be a month But it won't be, like, the four months, six months, a year later that a lot of our movie reviews have been coming out to date. So, yeah, we're catching up on that backlog. We're getting things closer. We still have quite a few TV show episodes in the backlog, and that's going to be the thing that's the hardest for us to catch up on. But as far as our topical episodes and our movie episodes, we're almost caught up at this point. So that's really good. But, you know, also it's good that we do have some TV episodes in the backlog because we don't always have new seasons of shows coming out or new shows ending. So it's good for us to have like, oh, here's our review of the final season of this show or the final season of that show. So that's how that's going to work. But anyway, I'm not going to natter on anymore. Please join us back next week when Jon Favreau will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off.